the day is nearly upon us. A little over a week away will be Christmas Day. How many are ready for Christmas? Yeah, you're ready for Christmas. How many are ready to receive God's Word this morning? And I trust that this Word is going to encourage our hearts, strengthen us, and, and just give us that courage that we need, not only just in this season, but in all aspects of our lives. Every Christmas, I love to think about those first beginning moments of when Jesus, of, of when God sent His Son, Jesus, to be born into our world. And the message of Jesus coming into our world is a wonderful message because it's a message of how light overcomes darkness, how faith triumphs over all kinds of impossible life circumstances. And on that first Christmas, we see how God guided a young couple, Mary and Joseph. He guided them with His promise. He guided them with His Word. And they just simply trusted Him implicitly with their faith. And it's from the lives of Mary and Joseph that we today can find great encouragement for our daily life for the challenges that often face us. So over this week and next week, we're going to concentrate our time on looking into the lives of Mary and Joseph, looking at their story, looking at the challenges that faced them, looking at the experiences that they went through as they followed God, as they obeyed Him, as they trusted Him, when on occasions they couldn't trace Him. Sometimes we can't trace God in life, and we just have to trust. Sometimes it's hard to find our way, but in those times, it's, ti it's time to hold on to God's Word and to believe it implicitly with our heart, to put our faith in it, to put our trust in it. This week and next week, we're going to look at the faith of this young couple as they believed God's Word. In the middle of unimaginable circumstances, in the middle of all kinds of varying impossibilities that came against them, they believed God. And they, their lives hold a wonderful message for us. Their lives hold a wonderful example for us to look at. We're going to call these next two messages, Peace That Prevails. Peace That Prevails, because that's exactly what we see when we look at the lives of Mary and Joseph. We see a prevailing peace leading them through. We see a prevailing peace over their lives. For them to walk in God's peace didn't mean that their lives were problem-free. In fact, when you look from a bird's eye view at Mary and Joseph, you see that their lives were filled with all kinds of complications, all kinds of circumstances, all kinds of problems. And some of the problems that they face, we will never face. Some of the crises that they entered, 
we will never experience. But as I look at this bird's eye picture of this young couple of great faith, it always encourages me because it's a message of hope. Their lives are a message of care, of God's care, in the midst of problems that seem insurmountable. They had a peace that prevailed as they obeyed God's Word. They never panicked. It's amazing. You read of that first Christmas and how this young couple just willingly pursued God together. They never panicked amidst the crises that came their way. God was always leading them on. God was always guiding them, leading them through. And He wants us to know today that He wants to lead us too. He wants to guide us. In amidst all of the complexities of life, life can be really complicated. It's great when it's straightforward. It's great when the road is is predictable, and you just, you know, you can see your way down where you're walking. But what about when it twists and turns and goes up and down, and it's not always easy to predict, and it gets complicated? Life is often like that. It was for them, and it is for us. But amidst all of the complexities of life, you and I today are here because we can testify that amidst all of the twists and turns, amidst all of the ups and downs, amidst all of the things that we can't understand, there's a God in heaven that loves us, that guides us. He isn't a magic wand to wipe all of our hurts away. No, sometimes we fall to our knees and we cry real tears. Our hearts are heavy and wrung out with pain. He's not a magic wand. Sometimes we have to go through some very hard, brutal experiences. And many of us here, I know, under the sound of my voice, have gone through some horrific life experiences where the pain of your heart has been great even to the point of overwhelming. But in that, in that overwhelming moment of pain, how is it that you've met God? How is it that He's brought you through? That in itself is a miracle. Amidst all of the complexities of life, amidst all of the suffering that you've gone through, you're still here with a good heart, with a smile on your face, singing with the people of God. That is a testament. That is a testament to, to say that you are not standing in your own strength, my friend. You are not standing in your own strength. You are supported and standing on the strong foundation. That's what your house, your life is built upon. And the gales of this world have come against it, but it has not fallen down. Why? Not because of the structure, but because of the foundation. The structure of our life is weak, but the foundation, Jesus Christ, is strong. That's why you've come through. That's why you've, you're standing strong. And that's why you're here week after week, 
singing your praises to God as a faithful servant, as a faithful child of the King. Mary and Joseph's life, as we will see, was not problem-free, far from it. It was problem-filled. It was a problem-filled life. Maybe we should retitle the message. Peace in a problem-filled life. That would be a good one. They had a problem-filled life. They had very real emotions like you and I. They cried very real tears. They felt the stress of life in its full strength as it buffeted them and beat against them. And yet, God brought them through. And they had a peace that prevailed. That encourages me. I love to see how God just used normal, weak, everyday people like you and I. No superstars, people with very real emotions, people that got hit and knocked by life, and yet amidst all of the hits and the knocks, they just carried on with God. Beaten, bruised, bloody-eyed. They just carried on walking, trusting, and God took them through. That's what we see when we look at this couple, as, as we'll see as we read. They followed God. They knew His leading, and they trusted it implicitly. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1 to read about the first moment when the angel Gabriel came to Mary in Nazareth to announce, a wonderful moment, to announce that she had found favor with God and how she would give birth to the Son of God, Jesus, the Savior of the world. Reading from Luke chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 26 through to verse 38. It says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph to, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who was called barren. For her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a wonderful, glorious moment in Mary's life. The angel comes into her home and announces this wonderful news that she had found favor with God, that she would conceive and the baby that would be born from her would be through the power of the Holy Spirit and he would be called Jesus, Savior of the world. His kingdom would never end. What an incredible commission, what an incredible plan and purpose for this young woman's life. And Mary consummates this moment by saying, be it done. Just as you've said, I embrace this plan for my life. I embrace this new purpose that you've revealed for me. This, one, this must have been one of the greatest moments of this young woman's life. Hearing about God's favor towards her that she would bring into the world the Savior of the world who would save the world from sin. She was living in Nazareth, a place where nothing good came out of, a place, a city that had a terrible reputation, and yet this place where nothing good came from, she had found favor in and the child that would be born from her would be exalted. And his kingdom would never end. Mary's home surroundings might have been poor. Mary's background and living situation might have not been impressive. But her heart, her heart before God had found favor. It didn't matter about her impoverished home. It didn't matter about her negative surroundings that she was living in. God looked at her heart and she had found favor with God. God doesn't look at the externals of our life. He's not impressed with what we have or what we don't have. He's impressed with the heart. He looks at the heart. He doesn't look at externals. Our world is plagued with consuming this and consuming that and having the latest all to impress and all to give an outer appeal that really doesn't matter. God looks beyond all of the outer facades and he looks deep into the heart. It doesn't impress him with what we have, and it doesn't impress him what we don't have. It's our heart that he looks at. It's our heart that he's drawn to. And this woman 
This woman's heart had found favor with God. And in one sudden moment, she encountered wonderful changes now for her life. She was hearing things that she had never heard before. Nazareth was a negative place. Nazareth had an awful reputation. Nazareth had a negative voice. But now these wonderful words came into her world and brought incredible change. The most wonderful words. Oh, God speaks words that lift us up. God's Word speaks words of promise that enrich our lives just as it did this woman on this day. And she embraced it. She said yes and amen to it as she thanked God. Now her life had taken on incredible change. But prior, prior to the news of being chosen by God, prior to this wonderful, glorious news of being favored by God, Mary had had her own plans, plans that had set out her future with Joseph, that she was in, who she was engaged to. And all of the preparations had been made. They were about to get married or about to be married. And all of the preparations were well underway. In that culture, in that Middle Eastern culture, young couples would prepare their engagement for at least 12 months. And on the moment of engagement, it would be as if they were married. The only thing that, that wouldn't have happened was that they wouldn't have consummated the marriage. But legally, they were married as a couple, but not consummating their marriage with a sexual union. So, in effect, Joseph and Mary had prepared everything. They were married. They were set apart. Their lives were set apart together. But suddenly, God's plan, God's purpose came and collided with her plans. Their plans were suddenly now going to change. Even though they had prepared for 12 months or so, even though all of the preparations had been made financially and everything had been secured, suddenly now God's higher purpose came in. And Mary hadn't argued with God. Mary hadn't interrupted the news that the angel brought by saying, Excuse me! Where do my plans fit into your plan? Excuse me! Hold up a minute! What about me and Joseph? We've been planning for 12 long months. Preparing. What about all the guests that are going to be there on the day? What about all of the arrangements that we've made? No, there's no argument from this young woman whose heart had found favor with God. In one moment she said, yes, let it be done unto me according to your word. 
And by saying that, she was saying, all of my plans now, I submit to your higher purpose. I submit to, my, to your higher plan for my life. That's faith. That's trust. That is implicit trust on a level that is very, very sacrificial and very real. No, she embraced what God was saying, what, the, what God was saying through the angel. And it didn't matter in that moment who was going to be disappointed. It didn't matter in that, and people were going to be disappointed, and people were going to ask very, very big, hard questions that were all going to be aimed at Mary who had conceived in her womb this child. And she was going to have a lot of explaining to do, but this young woman believed God. And she turned her back on all of her preparations, on all of her plans, on everything that, that she had made preparation for to pursue, to pursue God's Word for her life, it's the most incredible example of faith. You know, very often we, we magnify lots of people in the Bible and we say they have great faith. Wow, what great faith they have. And very often, Mary is missed. But if you look at this woman's life and you see the sacrifices that she made to follow God, you see the most incredible example of faith and trust from a young, a young woman. But with Mary embracing all of God's plan for her life, with, with Mary saying, Behold, I'm the maidservant now of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word that left Joseph in a very real predicament. Joseph had a very real problem to face because, obviously, he wasn't the father. Mary is pregnant. She's espoused to this man. She's promised to keep her virginity and her body for him and him alone, and now she's pregnant. So their plans are all being broken apart. Their plans together are coming to an end. As Joseph finds out that Mary is pregnant, he must have been left brokenhearted. He now is plunged into his own personal darkness, trying to understand what's going on, trying to understand and process the news that Mary's had. But how is it all possible? This man is brokenhearted. This man has come to the end of his dream. His hopes have been dashed. And emotionally, he would have been broken. Emotionally, he would have been at the end of his road, not knowing where to turn, not knowing what 
to do. Brokenhearted, confused, his dreams shattered. The woman that he loved, the woman that he was engaged to, the woman that he told everybody about, that he'd boasted over, the woman that all of his family and friends had met, now he has to leave. Because the cold, hard facts of the matter were pointing to unfaithfulness. And the Bible doesn't hide the pain that Joseph went through. It's what I love about God's Word. It shows us the raw realities of pain, of people's lives. But in the midst of that pain and confusion, in the midst of darkness, the light of God's Word shines forth. But it doesn't hide the pain that this man went through or the deep troubles his heart and mind contemplated. He felt, after thinking about it and considering it, that he had to separate and divorce from Mary. But, and this shows you the character the great character, the loving character of this man, Joseph. The Bible tells us he refused to shame her. He refused to disgrace her. This man, brokenhearted, this man, confused, could have turned, could have suddenly become enraged, could have suddenly become angry over the humiliation that he would receive from this scandal. His heart could have turned to rage, and he could have disgraced her. He could have publicly shamed her. He could have taken this woman and accused her, and the law would have said that she would have had to have been stoned. But Joseph, a loving man selected by God, in his own right, for his character. Refused to shame Mary, refused to publicly disgrace her. What a character! In the midst of terrific pressure, in the midst of darkness and personal pain, not venting anger. Have you ever been angry? Have you ever been enraged? Have you ever been unable to hold your tongue because the pressure is too great inside you. You have been wronged. They shouldn't have done what they did, so you have to vent it. I'm sure we all have. We don't like to admit it, acknowledge it, or remember it, and we'd rather forget about those moments. But I'm sure all of us at times in our lives have vented anger, have spoken words, have, have torn a strip off that person because we felt they deserved it because of what they did to us. Now, after thinking about your own failure, look at this man. The wife that he's espoused to marry, that he's kept himself for, 
comes to him and tells him that she's carrying a child, that she's pregnant. He would have had every right, humanly speaking, to have been enraged. He would have had every right, humanly speaking, to shame her and disgrace her, but he holds it. He holds it. He holds all of the wrongdoing. Or not the wrongdoing, because no wrong had been done. He holds all of those emotions, those natural emotions that would have risen up in anybody's heart. And he decides not to shame her. That's character. That's impeccable character. But with these very real facts, he decides to put it away or he considers to put it away secretly and divorce Mary. Mary had experienced the greatest moment of her life when she said, be it done unto me according to your word as she'd heard of God's favor. But now Joseph was plunged into the darkest moment of his life. And Mary's probably trying to process it as well because she doesn't understand what's happening now as very real challenges are set in in between them because she's embraced God's Word and God's Word has gone to work in her body. The wonderful news is that God had a plan for Joseph. He was part of God's plan. But he couldn't see it or understand it until he received God's Word. He needed God's Word. Many times in our lives, we'll come to situations, we'll come to a crossroads situation in life, and we won't understand where we are or what to do. What we need is light, the light of God's Word to walk forward. Joseph had come to such a moment, a crossroads moment. He was considering separating from Mary, the one he loved, and he would have done so unless God turned the light on in his darkness with his word. And he did. God turned the light on for this man. And again, I'm so encouraged when I look at this that God helps us when we have to face the cold, hard facts about life, when we've reached a place in life where we don't understand where we're going or what we're doing. God leads us with His Word. Now, we might have to wait some time. We might have to be patient. It might seem as if the pressure is building and the problem is getting greater, but God won't leave you. No, no. He'll bring His Word. He'll bring His Word. He's been doing that for over 30 years in my life, since I was 15 years of age, running into problem after problem, encountering circumstances and challenges that cause me to back down and fear and the pressure builds, and suddenly you cry out amidst that pressure. You can't take it anymore. Oh, God, help! 
And just like David, when he said, oh, when I cried to the Lord, he answered me and delivered me from my fears. In fact, delivered me from all of my fears. So God comes to us when we cry to him. He answers us and takes us up in his arms, delivers us and carries us on through. It's the testimony of our lives. And so it was for this man, things were going to change. He was going to be part of this plan too. God had arranged it in that way. Mary had committed no sin. The angel that had spoken to Mary was now going to speak to Joseph and change everything as he would now put his faith also in God's Word. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through to verse 24 with me. It says this, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did. He did. That's the key. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He turned his back on his emotions. He turned his back on the conclusions of his mind. He turned his back on any kind of negative consideration to secretly put away Mary. He turned his back on it all, and he did what the angel had commanded him. That's all we have to do in the midst of perplexing problems, in the midst of life crises. We have to seek God, hear His Word, and then do it. Do it. And He'll lead us through. Everything changed now for Joseph. What a wonderful change. The Word of God had come into his crisis. The Word of God had come into his problem. And suddenly... All of the confusion had cleared. It's wonderful how the Word of God does that in our lives. One moment you can be confused. One moment your head can feel like a pressure cooker. One moment your heart can be wrung out in pain. But suddenly the Word of God will cut through and everything will clear. It's amazing the power of God's Word. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, Hebrews 4 tells us. And it's able to divide that which is soulish and carnal to that which is spiritual. The Word of God is wonderful. His promises are true. All of that hurt now 
was behind him. And he now had peace. And he takes Mary home to Nazareth to settle as another chapter opens. Isn't it wonderful how sometimes chapters just turn in your life? This page is dark. This page is hard. This page, you just see history repeating itself. You feel rejected. Then suddenly, the unseen hand of God says, enough, and turns the page. And the page, the new page, is full of life, is full of hope, is full of great expectation and excitement. It's amazing how God can do that, just turn the page from darkness to life. I tell you, there's some people here this morning that need to hear that. The page of 2023 has been hard. The page of 2023 has been full of all kinds of things that has caused you pain, that has caused you hurt, that you cannot understand. You feel as if history is repeating itself. The hand of God is on that page. As 2024 comes, He's turning it. It's going to be a clean page. It's going to be a good page. It's going to be a great year for you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. He's a good God. He does it. He does it for our lives. He really does. They go back to Nazareth to prepare now this home, to prepare this place for Jesus, the Savior of the world, whose kingdom would never end, to prepare it, to ready it for Him to be born. It's great to have a rest, isn't it? When you've been on a roller coaster ride, when life has been full of its ups and downs and you've done your 360s and, it, you know, you've gone in, a, in all kinds of directions in your mind and in your heart, it's great to have a rest, a season where you're not wrestling, a season where you're not looking over your shoulder, a season where you're just glad for some respite and recuperation. Well, they went back to Nazareth and got some rest. Preparing. We're together. Preparing their home for Jesus to be born. But, <laughs> but, now they'd had some months of respite, but, Little did they know that life was going to change. Little did they know that their lives were not going to be a nice, tidy experience. You can have the favor of God on your life. You can have the most magnificent promise living in your heart. And all hell can come against you. You can be excited. You can be expectant. You can be full of faith. But it doesn't mean to say that things will necessarily be easy as you pursue the promise of God for your life. Just as Mary and Joseph were settling down in Nazareth, 
Joseph had popped out to mamas and papas to get the new cot. He'd got the wet wipes, the nappies. My goodness me, you have mountains of nappies, don't you, when you, when you have a, a little one born in your home? Everything's ready. Everything's prepared. Just as they were settling down and preparing for the new arrival, a decree, a decree from Caesar Augustus, railroads all of their preparation cuts to bits all of their future hopes that they're building together now in their home. First, it had been the Word of God that had cut into Mary's plans and Joseph's plans together. They'd managed to find God's will on that situation, and they'd come together amidst all of the tensions that they felt but the Word of God initially had cut through their plans, cut through all of their preparations as a couple, but they'd come together, settled in Nazareth, but now Caesar Augustus had come out with a legal edict, and now man had cut through their preparations and altered their lives. Every man had to return to their place of birth, and suddenly, changes were coming into play. They had to move quickly. Mary was heavily pregnant. And it's easy to accept change when we're in control of it. But what about the changes that come into our lives that we're not in control of? They must have been confused. They must have been alarmed. They must have been worried. Now they have to go. We're going to pick up on this next week. Our time's gone today. We're going to pick up on this next week. Change comes. They have to move quickly. Mary's heavily pregnant. And they don't just have to go down the road. They have to go on a 100-mile journey. She's about to give birth. They can't jump on the local bus. They can't get a taxi or a train. And they can't fly in. Her only transport was donkey. Donkey. My goodness me. And yet they embraced it. We'll see that next week. They embraced even this. I'm going to ask the musicians to come. I'm going to pray in a moment. And we're going to continue to to look at this wonderful message next week of their faith and how peace prevailed amidst all of the problems that they encountered. Really, God's Word to us this morning, as we've looked at Mary and Joseph, is that in the midst of very real-life problems, in the midst of circumstances that are bigger and beyond us, that we have no way of processing, or understanding, there's a peace that can prevail. Isaiah, let me read this one verse to you before we leave. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says this, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you.
You might not understand some of the circumstances that you're going through today. You might not understand on some of the experiences that you've gone through over this last past year. They might be beyond your capacity to think about or understand. But as you've kept your mind on Him, you've been kept in perfect peace. You've wanted situations to change in your life, and they haven't. You've believed God's Word, you've confessed God's Word, and you're still holding on to it today, but nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. It's, it's, it's the same today as it was when you started out in this year. But you're patiently waiting. And with faith and patience, the Word of God assures you. Not, the word, not my Word. This is far bigger than any promise that any human being can give you. You'd have, you'd have many reasons to doubt it if I said it. If I gave such a promise, because I've got no ability to even pull it off. But when God says, through faith and patience, you will inherit the promises of God, He means it. You will. Your believing, your faith is not in vain. Your faithfulness to God and His people and, His, and your walk in this life is not in vain. You will. You will apprehend that which you have been apprehended for and you will see the blessing of God come in a way in which you have asked for. Amen. And the peace, the peace that has comforted your heart, the peace that you live in today is all because you choose to fix your thoughts and direct your mind on the Lord and He gives you perfect peace. I remember on one occasion, I'll ask the singers just to come up ready. Remember on one occasion, you know, feeling very afraid and very fearful. And uh, it was when my son was, he was, he was only a little boy. I was pushing him in the park. I used to take them out for a walk on a, uh, on a morning. And it was an early morning. And I'd taken him, he's a little baby, put him in the swing and pushing him. And he's smiling, not a care in the world. And I'm full of cares. I'm smiling because that's what you've got to do when you're pushing your little baby in the swing. You've got to act as if everything's okay. Ah, oh, do, 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 it's okay, son. But inside, my goodness me, I was breaking apart with fears that were irrational. Most of the fears that we have, they are irrational. Most of the thoughts that we think, they come to injure us and cut us down. And really, if we stand up to them, if we stand up to them, They'll back off. You know, some of the problems we have, we've got to grab by the scruff of the neck and we shake them. We've got to shake them. Who do you think you are to come against me in Jesus' name? Shake the life out of it. You'll find it'll fall to the floor. But on this day, and I've had numerous days since, I was bowing to this thing. I was bowing to this thought. I just couldn't, I couldn't break through. It, it was irrational. There was no substance to it. But for, for some reason, I believed it. And I cried to God, Oh, 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 oh. help me, please. 
really cried to God, please help me. And do you know, I said, Lord, just give me peace. I just wanted relief from the, 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 the feelings, these, this awful pool of black feelings inside. I needed relief. I said, please give me peace. And honestly, as clear as I'm talking to you, inside, not audibly, but inside my heart, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Dave, I am not going to give you peace. And for a moment, I was, I was even more afraid. And then he said this, I'm going to give you perfect peace. And that's what we get when we focus our mind on God and His Word. I'm going to give you perfect peace. And with that, he said, now come on, pick up your thoughts and bring the Word of God into that dark pool of your emotions and bring order and bring life and bring light. You know what? With that encouragement, with that word from God, everything changed. It really did. But I had to, I had to go ahead and do what the word of God told me to do, was telling me to do, just like Joseph did, just like Mary did. I had to do it in a far lesser sense but it works. It works. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your precious people here today. Lord, I thank you for their faithfulness. I thank you for their stand. Lord, I thank you that every week we gather together as your precious bride, as your precious church, as your people. Lord, go, having gone through many different life experiences, we still stand together. And Lord, I pray for every single one. Lord, irrespective of what 2023 has brought in our lives, we've believed your word. Irrespective of the experiences that we have gone through, Lord, we've walked, we've tried to do our best, we've tried to remain faithful, and we've seen you remain faithful to us without fault. And Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today and the page of 2023 has been dark. The page of 2023 has been written with all kinds of negative things and as if it's been a repeat of history. Lord, I pray that as they move now into 2024, I saw it. I saw it this morning. The hand of the Lord, mysteriously and unseen, just moving and powerfully turning over that page to a nice clean page of life and blessing and favor. Lord, we, we ask, Lord, for that in Jesus' name for your glory. And all God's people said, Amen.